Uh, let me remind everyone out there, go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list. Look around the site. We've got lots of cool things. Um, all the If you want to know what social media we're on, it's on the website. If you want to know um, what places you could get stuff from and still support us on the website, Lola's always throwing up deals. You can find it there. Also, you will find the patches. The Hank Strange patches are up there. You can get these. And uh, while supplies last, if you get any of these Hank Strange patches, uh, Lola's sending out some Gunvolt stickers. So, um, you know what? I think people like the stickers. What I might do is have some other stickers that will sell with the patches and we'll do more of that stuff. All right. So, let me. Um, it looks like everything is good here. Um, let's roll the show. Let's just do that. Welcome back. To the Hank All right, situation. make sure you guys subscribe, smash those unloaded. thumbs ups, ring the bell so that you could be notified when we go live. All right, guess what, guys? We have Mike from MW Tactical. We got Joe from 13C Gun Reviews. We've got myself. We are the pre-show for the debate. I'm not even really planning on looking at the debate. I'll be honest with you guys. I could, I could care less. Uh, maybe the highlights. <laughs> You know, if it's a bloodbath one way or the other, then maybe the highlights uh, we'll look at it. But we are the pre-show, uh, we are the pre-debate show that's going on right now. Big shout out to Walter Arms for sponsoring the podcast here. Uh, shout out to everyone out there. Please smash those thumbs ups as you guys are coming in. Um, uh, this is episode 649. Let's get those jazz hands going, guys. Come on with the jazz hands. There you go. Mike's doing jazz pinkies. All right, let's show this. Mike's doing jazz pinkies. Joe, what are you doing? What's your... I don't know I, what Joe's doing. That, that, that's all I got. I got jazz hands. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. Um, like I said, this... I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 649 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Uh, tonight's show, we have Joe from 13C Gun Reviews and Mike from M-W Tactical. I got that right, right, Mike? That's it. You got it right this time. <laughs> That's because Lola reminded me. Otherwise, <laughs> good luck with getting me to remember anything. Uh, shout out to everyone out there. How are you guys? How you guys doing? Uh, I'm good. doing real good. Good. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing good. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, Gunrunner219 right off the back says, are we going to talk politics or guns? Uh, we could talk whatever you guys want to talk about. That's what I'm here for. We could talk about guns. We could talk about cars you know we could tell you guys about the birds and the bees if you need some advice positions whatever you know whatever it is exactly uh, yeah some guy <laughs> named gun loving grandpa says hey brother at mw m-w tactical hey what's going on gun loving grandpa how's it going yeah. for you yeah um so shout out to everyone there if anyone needs shout outs let me know let me know we could definitely do shout outs and like I said, don't forget to smash those thumbs ups. Uh, let's see. Let's start with uh, let's start with uh, Mike, since you know we already got you here, Mike. What's been going on, man? Since the last time I've seen you? Yeah, not too much. Um, just going around doing the shooting competitions as we talked about. Came down to Florida and did the Area Six match. Mm -hmm. Came back to South Carolina, um, relaxed for a little bit, then went up to North Carolina, shot their state match. And then this past weekend, went to Georgia and shot their state match. Mm -hmm. And now next month, uh, well, yeah, in October, the end of the month, I'll be down there shooting the national um, race gun match down there. Oh, okay. All right. Very cool. Very cool. 
Um, let's see here. Joe, what's going on with you? I am answering and messaging some folks in the chat All here. At the same time. Um, multitasking. Other, <laughs> multitasking. Um, yeah, other, we're, um, you know, I'm staying busy here locally. Um, I have a big announcement in about two weeks for you guys. So hit that subscribe button and the bell. Come back here because in about two weeks, uh, I'll get back on the show and I'll have a pretty important announcement uh, coming up. So okay. that'd be cool. Um, yeah. Otherwise, sounding uh, mysterious. A little, bit, a little bit. Yeah, we, got, yeah. we, we, we got to play part of it closer to the vest. Those who know already know, but you know, Absolutely. um, had fun, man. I've, I've been doing, uh, trying to stay busy with, uh, some different stuff. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about in two weeks to, well, explain some of the busyness as well, mm-hmm. trying to get some stuff done, but, um, I had some fun. I actually went to, uh, Montana for the first time ever, uh, oh, last wow. week. Cool. Yeah. How was it? It was cool. It was pretty cool. I've never been to Montana before. I've been, you know, out west before, but Montana haven't. And I was out and uh, stayed at a really cool old timey hotel, the Sacagawea Hotel in lovely okay. Montana. So uh-huh. that was pretty cool. Okay, you went out there with the family? No, no, it was just me. I went out there, uh, was, uh, you know, get a media trip, you know, a gun type trip, and uh, we went out and we checked out the Black Hawk facility out there. Okay. Uh, did some force on force stuff uh, oh, with cool. uh, using some of their. Uh, Holsters and uh, simunitions and stuff. Uh, uh, Federal's making some simunitions now. Oh, nice. Um, so it's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a fun trip. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds actually pretty cool. I have um, my MP5. I've got a simunitions kit for that. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, i got to figure out where to get the simunitions from. I guess I'm going to yes. have to find out uh, who owns uh, Federal. Well, Federal, isn't Federal under Vista Group? I guess Vista they Group are. is Federal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vista, that's something we can talk about tonight. I don't know if you talked about that last night. I know you made it dropped a video on it yesterday, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't catch the podcast last night. Yeah, we could talk about that. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I know everyone's trying to figure out who owns what. Mike, I don't know if you're on top of the whole Remington uh, breakup situation. The only thing I know about Remington is... PSA bought some part of it, mm-hmm. uh, one of the departments. That's the only thing I know. And I only heard that when I was getting out of the vehicle, getting ready to shoot the match. Oh, okay. So, but I, I didn't I didn't dive into it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it seems it got broken up. I think, what was it, like six or seven companies um, getting different pieces of the pie? Seven of them. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Kathleen Music Lover says, yes, birds and bees. Okay, just let us know, Kathleen Music Lover, uh, where do you want us to start in the birds and bees conversation? Lola says, no, we're not talking about the birds and the bees. We'll ignore Lola. The people the people have spoken, Lola. They want to know about the birds and the bees. Um, and born to be a shooter, Josh says, have you tried the digi trigger yet? Who has the digi trigger? I haven't touched one. Is, yeah. is that out yet? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's actually out yet. Yeah. I, I know I've seen it at shot. Uh, a couple times, but I didn't know if it was actually out. I thought they were still working on it. I could be wrong. I yeah. haven't kept up on it because, you know, it's one of those things where they announce it, you know, way mm-hmm. too soon and mm-hmm. then, you know, it just drags on and then, you know, just drops off your radar. Yeah. Yeah. I've never got my hands on that. I've only, like Joe just said, I've just only seen things posted here or there about it. Lewis555 says uh, he needs one. So shout out to Lewis555 out there. Steve Dave says, always take a shout-out. So shout-out to Steve Dave. Um, Gunrunner219 says, position, weaver or doggy? 
<laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> Good answer. I'm gonna go with Joe. With Joe's answer. What, what do you say, Mike? <laughs> I'm hearing static. Oh, is oh. My microphone is my microphone working? Hello, hello, hello. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, James Miller says, "Poor Lola, trying to keep Hank in line." Uh, Jay Lofer says, I'll be watching the debate on Blaze. They'll be watching it Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. <laughs> and uh, LWC with drinking game. Okay. Um, yeah. And Steve, uh, Jeff Stevens says, hi, gentlemen. How bad do you think things will get after Trump wins? Um, I, I don't know. That's a good I question. That's a million-dollar question. Yeah. I'm going to say that regardless of who wins the elections, I think America will be America and we'll soldier on. We'll do what we got to do. You know, um, no, I don't care who's the president. Uh, I believe in the Constitution. Right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, we need, to, we need to stick to that. We need to fight for that. Even when it doesn't necessarily make us happy. So, like, how we have the whole thing going down with uh, the Supreme Court and people want to change stuff? No. That's not how it goes. You know, that's not how it's set out. That's not what we need to do, right? We need to stick with uh, with things the way that they are when it uh, comes to the Constitution. So, mm -hmm. and that's not always going to work for us, right? Things could flip. Could be someone else in there putting people on the Supreme Court, and we just have to deal with it. So I feel the same way about the elections. If there's people who are really mad after the elections and uh, they don't like America, no one's forcing you to stay here. That's true. So that's my take. Mike, I don't know if you've got any take on that. Well, um, I think what's going to end up taking place is after the election, um, the power's in the vote and the power's in the people. So you can always contact your congressmen and senators mm -hmm. and, you know, have them push back if your area as a whole is in agreement with that same way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So the way the system is designed is you can get active in it, but no sense to complain about something if you have not been participating in it for years building up to now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's true. It's, yeah. it's so important to get out there and vote, especially not just in the national elections, but I don't think people really truly understand how, how important it is to get involved in your local elections. Mm -hmm. um, in your local elections, the vote can be determined sometimes by as few as five, ten people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there were some local elections in the last uh, in, in the last primary year, and some of them were decided by five votes. I mean, five votes was the difference between, you know, one candidate, you know, in the primary versus another. And in one or two of those instances, there's a decent difference between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then you get to the general election for people who don't vote in the primary. You get to the general election, say there's never anybody good to vote for. I'm tired of picking the last or two evils. It's probably more important to vote in the primary than the general election. Because right. it's the primary where you can actually have at least a little bit of a choice. And some of these busy uh, primary, you know, contested seats, you can have three, four, five people vying. And it can literally come down to two or three or in one case, one specific one, five votes in, a, in, in you know, in an area that has 110,000 people. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah, your vote freaking matters at the local level tremendously and and that's that if there's one takeaway i can give to anybody is when the primary comes around man educate yourself get down there and and please vote for who you can and you can't don't even have to feel bad about it even if you don't think the person you're going to vote for in the primary is going to win you can cast your vote for them anyway because 
you know, why not? Right. It, you've still got the general election to go forward to. So mm-hmm. I really, uh, I really wish, um, mm-hmm. you know, I really wish there was something better. I think for all the stuff that we all say about the conversations we all have about politics, voting one side or the other, one of the problems in America is most of the people who are qualified to vote don't actually vote. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, that's like, you know, unfortunately we kind of have like uh, blue versus red or left and right. And that's on both sides of that. Right. You know, so what people need to do is regardless of uh, what you believe, what you're into or whatever, get out there and vote. And then, you know, realize this is the system. This is how it works. Uh, there'll be another vote coming around sometime after that. <laughs> you know, and then another one. So, right. um, you know, for sure, like we all have our things or people think directions we hope things go. And I, I don't want to see America go um, in, in a more socialist, uh, down a more socialist path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone wants that. And definitely, you know, we've, the, the Second Amendment's being, been eroded for a long time. So, um, <laughs> not a fan of that either. So, I think what the problem is, is a lot of people, when they voice their opinion, they voice, they voice their opinion off of what sounds good on paper versus doing the research, looking at history, mm-hmm. and understanding we're about to repeat ourselves all over again. Mm-hmm. So, um, but right now, nobody's taking accountability for their actions. So that's mm-hmm. where society is going. So we already going for a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of crazy things happening out there, some of which we'll get into some of which we'll get into. Um, I know the folks, it seems like the folks wanted to talk about guns. Uh, what gun stuff have you guys been up to lately that you could talk about? I know there might be some things they can't necessarily talk about. Well, I've only been active with um, shooting competitions. Mm-hmm. So, but like I already told you beforehand, um, I did Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, going back to Florida. And then next year, I'm the assistant match director for the South Carolina State Match that will be taking place in April okay. of 2021. Okay, congratulations on that. Um, any rationing of ammo competition-wise out there, or are you guys... Uh... Just burning as much as you usually do. No, um, I cut back on a lot of matches that I do, just trying to conserve ammo so I can do certain matches that um, I feel that's important for me to get my ranking so I can move up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I reload my own ammo for competition shooting. Mm-hmm. So I heard a few people at the last match I went to. They made a comment, like somebody stated, they bought all their competition ammo. And now that they're they caught they got caught behind the train, they don't know what to do now because they don't reload anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of true that a lot of folks out there stopped reloading because uh, we kind of had an ammo boom where everyone was making ammo. Yeah, and it was it was a whole lot cheaper to buy yeah. it versus doing it yourself. Yeah, are you okay. just shooting one caliber, Mike? Forty. Forty. Oh, okay. And 40 is difficult to find right now, or? Like I said, honestly, I don't know because I yeah, reload okay. my own ammo. <laughs> yeah. 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 James Miller wants to know what reloader you use. Uh, I got a Dillon the 750. 
Dylan seven fifty. There you go. Boom. You're serious about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I would have got the six fifty, but they when I actually called to order it, they stated to me that they didn't make the six fifty no more, and they was going with the seven fifty. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. But I really wanted to get that uh, ten fifty, but. You know, when you got like that little hookup going on, you got you got to get get what whatever they give. <laughs> so. Okay, understood. I don't know what the differences are. I'm assuming the 1050 is I don't know. It's does it just like go buy the ammo for you, put everything together, you just push a button? It was... I heard that same story, but <laughs> 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 but it, it's it's a few different components with it. Okay. Um, like. I want to say the 1050 actually swags out the um, the primer area of the okay. casing, and then at the same time, it's easier to change between calibers. Like you do a rifle, mm-hmm. and then going to pistol, it's easier to make that conversion change between the two. Okay, all right, Joe, you do any competition shooting? N- not really anymore. No, okay. I, I I just kind of I I got busy. You know, back back before this whole thing. Well. Before before my two youngest daughters were born, I used to do some stuff, um, and um, you know, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and that was, you know, that's going back, God, almost sixteen years ago. Wow. Um, and Older I days. really haven't, right? I really haven't done too much since then. Um, <clears throat> you know, you have kids. I work, you know, you just working a ton with jobs and stuff. And then my wife stayed home to raise the girls, uh, so I was working a little more than I would have. And you, know, you just don't, it, it takes a lot more time and dedication. One of the big things was moving up to this area where I'm at now. Um, it was, you know, an hour and a half easy to the, before I moved to where I am right now, I, you know, it was a solid hour and a half basically to any decent range, um, which was just, you know, so three hours of drive time, uh, you know, to go shooting every time. And that would just, it wasn't feasible for me to keep that up. Uh, now that I've moved here, um, you know, I have a range in my backyard, so but I'm also to the point where wherever any of those stuff, you know, that stuff happens, I'm still, you know, an hour away. So I don't know. I just haven't. I I, I, I miss kind of miss it a little bit. But mm-hmm. on the reloading side, I do reload. Um, and for a while there, I did. I wasn't reloading. Um, I still had my press. Um, mm-hmm. I still had components. Uh, so I didn't reload for probably four years, okay. past four years. Um, but I've started reloading these this past uh, basically since the coup hit. Um Number one, because I had had some extra time, and uh, number two, because now you know these past couple months, it's just ammo is just insanely hard to find and priced when you do find it. So mm-hmm. I've been reloading, and I'm going off stockpiles that I've had for you know six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've got decent amount. You know, I pretty much just reload nine and forty-five, primarily nine millimeter now at this point. I actually got it originally to reload forty-five because forty-five was expensive, and I just got nine millimeters. Like, eh, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I pretty much exclu- pretty much exclusively shoot nine millimeter. I hardly shoot any forty five anymore. So okay, um, lots of uh, by the way, lots of uh, Dylan information's been going up. You know, people saying like that the uh, ten fifty is co- the commercial grade one. There's no uh, there's no lifetime warranty on that. Dylan Parson just said the ten fifty is being replaced with the eleven hundred. Lots of uh, reloading guys out there. I know I've heard from people that uh, while they while they listen to us get on with our shenanigans, they reload. So, you know. yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm practically still new to reloading, mm-hmm. um, but I I do know, like I said, that the 650 is replaced by the 750. Mm-hmm. And when I just heard about the 1100 being replaced, 
I just took that as more as an upgrade. So I, I really don't know, but mm-hmm. um, they might add some new parts to it, but I haven't even researched an 1100 yet. Okay. All right. Uh, so I know we were we were mentioning earlier, before we get into anything else, we were talking about this whole Remington thing. Mike, you said you haven't really heard that much. Joe, what have you heard? What are your thoughts on this? So it, it looks like, you know, they're being split up between several different groups. Uh, one of the more exciting ones is that uh, Palmetto State Armory has picked up AAC. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see that. AAC is one of my favorite silencer companies. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's not they've necessarily come out with anything really new or groundbreaking these past few years, but a lot of their off- offerings uh, that have been out there for a while are just they're just insanely solid uh, silencers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they meter really well. Uh, they're tough. Um, you know, I, I've been partial to them. Uh, so, so that was a really good pickup. Um, I was a little surprised that Federal uh, or I guess Vista has picked up allegedly. Um, there's a backup with SIG uh, for picking up the Remington ammunition brand. Uh mm-hmm. ATK, whatever. Uh, so Remington Ammo, basically. Um, and I'm 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 both happy and concerned over that because Vista, Nor- you know, you know the Federal uh, Spear CCI side, they make really good ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side of it, Remington Ammo has there's been hiccups in their productions over the years. You know, we've all seen the same thing. You know, where there's there, there's been various issues from from the Remington uh, Ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, at at the same time, though, uh, you know, if somebody can get them in line. Uh, I feel like this has got a solid job of turning the Remington ammo brand around and actually, you know, producing consistent, uh, you know, ammo from mm-hmm. them. So, so that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I don't know how much all of this, you know, affects us respectively, right? Cause Mike, you're doing competition shooting, you know, Joe and myself, we're doing reviews and different things. Um, but I think in general, I think, yes, it's, it's good that this is not one big, massive thing anymore. Maybe even a, a good thing that there's some folks that are focused on these particular parts here and they can innovate, maybe up quality and all that kind of stuff. Mike, how much do you, how much do you pay attention to who owns what in the industry from your point of view? You meaning parts like, or companies? No, I mean, or? yeah. How much, yeah. How much do you pay attention to the companies? Does it really matter that much? Um, um it, it all depends on the company and mm-hmm. where my interests well my interests align with that company mm-hmm. but um outside of that like if I hear something I don't do the gossip train so um, but it for instance like Walther I do follow Walther because I'm a big fan of Walther and their products mm-hmm. so if anything happens with Walther I'll be quick to find out more of what's going on versus something that's going on with Ruger let's say okay yeah. Unless it's their rifle versus their handgun. Right, right. I'll let you know when I'm buying Walther Arms. I'll let you know. Don't worry. Hey, um, what, what <laughs> seat do I get at the round table? <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to be happening anytime. <laughs> not even remotely anytime soon. Um, I think it was even interesting, like, what companies... I don't know how many companies even wanted to participate in it, but I was surprised there weren't some other companies jumping into this. Was it a big hush thing, or was it something that was public? Uh, like uh, I said, I'm, I'm it's, lost. I mean, it's a bankruptcy. I think it's kind of public, but you have to dig for yeah. things. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I think I think there was um, yes. So first, first of all, yeah, p- the people in you know the various companies that would have been bidding, you know, they pretty much all knew about this. Mm-hmm. The question was, 
you know, depending on what brand, you know, so, so there's been, you know, obviously we've seen some quality control issues with Bushmaster over the years when it moved out of Wyndham. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw some issues with DPMS as they transitioned under the Remington and under the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, freedom group as well. Yeah. That um, was, you know, that, that, I remember that happening. I was like, man, DPMS was, was like really starting to kick some butts and then they kind of got lost somewhere in the shuffle. They did. They did. I always, I always kind of, you know, from the outside looking in with just a hint of inside industry information, I always looked at it as you had, you had the freedom group, which was concerned about making money, which mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with make, making money, right. but you got to look long-term, right? If you're mm-hmm. sacrificing quality, you're, especially in the firearms industry where everything, it's such a, it's an insanely close tight knit group. And in today's day and age of, you know, the internet, you can't, you can't do what some of these groups used to do back in the day. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of companies shied away from that because they didn't want to take on some of the stigma of some of those brands. Mm -hmm. Um, they thought there was going to be too much work, for example, um, things like that. So the good, you know, when I look at some of these things, right. So a lot of these buys, a lot of these pickups aren't necessarily bad. I think, I think, Overall, all these brands pretty much are going to do better now with who they're with. So you're talking about Ruger earlier. Ruger uh, picked up Marlin, mm-hmm. which is a good fit for them, right? I am mm-hmm. so glad Ruger didn't do something like picking up, uh, you know, trying to pick up AAC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or even Bushmaster or yeah. whatever. You know, Ruger they're already is doing that stuff. Yeah, Ruger's yeah. already doing that. They've already had a name for it, and yeah. they're not going to. Uh, you know, you look at Palmetto State Armory; they're not going to compromise mm-hmm. uh, the AAC logo. Probably, you know, I, I don't think they will, mm-hmm. and they're going to go with kind of what AAC wanted, right? So, mm-hmm. a- AAC before it got uh, absorbed and and bought up by uh, the Freedom Group, they were really, you know, a, a hardcore freedom loving group. Now, I don't know necessarily; I can't recall how many of those people are still there. Obviously, a lot of people left mm-hmm. AAC. Um, moved on some, uh, you know, a lot of the big brain behind that, you know, those folks moved on to different companies. Um, that's probably something, you know, getting too far off on the weeds on, mm-hmm. but at least, you know, you look at Ruger is, I think will do a good job with Marlin. Um, I, I, am just pulling up, I just pulled up the list here. You look at, uh, you know, the Palmetto state guys, um, you know, they picked up DPMS, H and R, uh, storm Lake, AAC, and then Parker brands. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these guys haven't, you know, got discontinued, um, uh, I don't remember how long one or two of these are. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they reinvigorate those. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to DPMS, you know, the folks that <clears throat> there was, it was interesting inside the, uh, the, 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 the DPMS group that was inside the, the, the freedom group. So freedom group really screwed up on some of the DPMS stuff. But when you look over at some of the other stuff that freedom group actually got to control and work with, uh, like their, uh, their G, you know, the G2 line, so, you, you know, you know, some of the issues that the that the regular DPMS uh, uh, 308 ARs had the G2 line fixed a lot of those beefed them up and they're pretty good rifles. In fact, in all my 30 cal silencer testing, I use a DPMS G2 uh, recon as my suppressor host mm-hmm. um, as a constant throughout that. I'll use other firearms as well. But as a constant, I use that one gun and I try and keep one gun that just goes through the thing. And it's still going strong six, seven years later. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a tank. It's a great gun. They they actually beat rather than hollow out the bolt. They beefed up the bolt. They did things right with that. So hopefully, and I and I and I believe at least in the case of JJ and E uh, Holdings, which is what Palmetto State Armory is, um, we'll be able to see uh, 
the good things that were done with DPMS and focus on those and bring the rest of the company up as opposed to a group like Freedom, which tries to, you know, which tried to bring everything down. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot of encouraging stuff here. I'm pretty happy. Um, Sierra Bullets picked up Barnes Bullets, uh, which is cool. So Barnes, mm-hmm. Barnes made decent bullets to begin with. Uh, I think Sierra will only, uh, you know, they can only go up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sierra Match King Bullets are some of my favorite for uh, shooting groups and hunting. Um, so... This could be a good time think, for ammunition yeah. companies out there, man. Um, I was oh, just yeah. I was just looking at um, I was, what was I looking at? Oh, you know what? I um, when when uh, Pete Brownell came on the show, that we were we were asking him when he thinks uh, ammunition, and I need to put that snippet up. But we were asking him about ammunition and when, you know, he thinks that it'll be easy to get this ammunition again. And he was saying something like third quarter of 2021. Was that like August? (laughs) Yeah. So, so from, so some inside industry information, Mm -hmm. sort of. Um, So first of all, demand is not going to drop until after inauguration. At the mm-hmm. earliest, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a single drop, regardless of who wins the election. Mm-hmm. It won't be until you know January. What's that? Twenty third, twenty fourth, where we may see uh, ammunition demand drop, right? Because mm-hmm. the if 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 Trump loses, you know everybody on the right is just going to keep buying more, right? They're going to buy their fifteenth mm-hmm. case, two two three. If he wins. The the left will be continuing their, you know, we want a civil war mantra and, you know, who knows what. So everybody's going to be looking toward Inauguration Day as people going nuts and cities burning and whatnot. So um, I don't see demand drop, demand even starting to drop basically until February 1st. Okay. Um, now, you also look at that where if no new and from some of my industry uh, information that I have, if no new orders were placed for ammo right now. Nobody else ordered any more ammo right now. It's going to take at least one full quarter to catch up for the orders that are already on order right now, right? So we are a full quarter behind. And almost every single one of these ammo manufacturers that I talk to, they're running three shifts. They're running either, you know, they're running either three eight-hour shifts or two 12-hour shifts, um, 24 hours a day, 365 days a week. They are literally making ammo as fast as they can make it. You know, in some cases, they may be adding, you know, a little capacity here or there. But, you know, like anything else, right, you can only add so much capacity on before you risk because there's not on the it's important to understand that most of these manufacturers are not increasing their costs to the wholesalers or the distributors. They're selling at basically the same price per round as they have been. In a couple cases, you know, uh, here and there, you know, you're up maybe a penny, maybe two cents a round because component costs have increased. So they're increased the prices there. Mm-hmm. But all the costs that you're seeing at the retail end and the distributor end are total increases from retail and wholesale mm-hmm. uh, and distributors. It's it's not coming from the manufacturers. So now, granted, you know, if if you get a, you know a couple of cases of two two three in and you need to sell it, you know, you may not get any for another several weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to pay the bills. At the same time, um, you know, we're th- there's no reason why other than other than the demand issue. It's not you know the supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no there's no logical reason why ammo shouldn't be basically the exact same price it was 12 months ago. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact, obviously, everybody's buying it and you can't keep it on the shelves. Yes, supply and demand exists. 
yeah, of course. But I, so um, go, go, go ahead. Yeah. So Joe, you talked to the companies. What's mm-hmm. the reason for the lag? How we got to where we are now with the ammo? So so there, there's a lot of thoughts on exactly how we got to where we are now. Um, you know, the companies were manufacturing, they were producing, um, and you you know, just as early as late as soon as March of last year, we had nine millimeter for, you know, uh, you know, nine millimeter uh, CCI for $108.99 delivered. Uh, we had uh, 556, uh, for, you know, federal 556 as cheap as like 260 bucks delivered for a thousand rounds. Um, what happened was when 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 the COVID lockdowns hit, um, there's component issues first of all that are de- that are being dealt with for the most part that AMI manufacturers are keeping up with to continue production up, but we wound up seeing over the next couple of months, you know, there's at least seven million new gun buyers. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way, um, you know. Even if, you know, a third of those, you know, 2 million, let's say, roughly, let's say 2 million new gun owners went out and bought, and because we know they've sold about 2 million new ARs, roughly. I mean, from from what we can tell from standards, there's 2 million new ARs this year. We'll just talk about just ARs. So you had 2 million people who went out and they buy one 1,000 round case ammo. That's 2 million cases of ammo. Mm-hmm. That's a ton, and and that's not counting every other shooter in the country who still buys ammo, still shoots ammo, or is going to trying to stockpile for Armageddon. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, a total of basically seven million new gun owners trying to buy ammo. You know, if two million of them, or we know for sure, two million of them, probably sure, uh, two million of them are new AR owners. At just one case a piece, that's two million cases. That's that you can't, you just can't keep up with that. Yeah. So. Um, that, so, so, so that, that's where a ton of this is coming from. And then you look at how many people are, you know, the other 5 million new buyers, most of which bought handguns. That explains why there's hardly any nine millimeter, the, you know, the most common caliber selling caliber handgun and whether it's a small compact gun, people care for self-defense, whatever, it's still nine millimeter. You got people buying, you know, 5 million more people buying ammo now with snap of a finger Yeah. and training classes are through the roof for new shooters. All, you know, in, in this area here, i I, I never really wanted to get into it, but there's such a backlog here that I've been thinking about trying to get my NRA cert real quick and just doing some basic pistol instruction because there are classes now that are booked out for the next two or three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people just can't get the training that they want because they just there's literally they're all booked. They're all full. Yeah. Massive demand came online. Let me just uh, let me just remind everyone who's out there joining us here with us right now. Smash the thumbs ups, guys. We really appreciate that. That'll help uh, float us up here in the algorithm. Uh get a little bit more attention. I, I think we had a perfect storm, right? To go to what Joe's saying here. Um, you had, so first of all, not all the ammunitions being made on the Northeast, in the Northeast part of the country, but a lot, the old school stuff. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when, when you had that COVID shutdown, all over the country, you had people initially shut down. And then when the firearm in- industry was deemed uh, essential, you had other places going back. But, you know, those northeast places, not so much, right? Mm. Those particular places did not go back. And there's there's different pockets where guns were being made in those places that the guns and stuff like that, not available. Then you had um, everyone all of a sudden start panicking over the lockdowns and then, um, you know, rioting, looting and stuff like that. People started going, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to defend myself. Remember, they were letting out prisoners, 
Mm-hmm. Then you're having all these things happen. So then, yes, massive demand came online. Um, a lot of those places that massive demand came online were very liberal places with money <laughs> who all of a sudden panicked. And as to go to what Joe is saying, maybe a normal guy buys an AR and, and, and you know, a thousand rounds. Maybe those guys, you know, try to get up on a different level. Okay, and then there's there's a lot of other demand out there. I think there's even a bigger demand than the civilian demand that's not necessarily anyone's accounting for. We were seeing in other countries where they were so um, their ammo was so low that soldiers were training and basically going pew pew when they were training because they didn't have ammo. So those were literally stories. Now that's outside of the country, but these are stories that we were talking about where you know. In other countries, all of a sudden, there's not enough ammo. So I think all of those things all building up has kind of like led to this. And then you get a you get a domino effect, right? The minute everyone starts going, oh, wait a second, there's not enough ammo, then everyone starts trying to, to get all the ammo. And yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Who knows when that stops? You know, who knows if it stops at all for, for like the next year or two years? Best best case scenario, we see ammo starting to return to normal in the fall of next mm-hmm. year. I think that's best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know though. J- only because the amount of backlog, you know, we're we're at least three months behind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see demand dropping until February first. So mm-hmm. that backlog is just going to continue going for orders. So by the time all that stuff gets cleared out, I think I think uh, Pete Brownell is right on when he's saying yeah. third quarter. You know, I I honestly think fall. I think entering in fourth quarter is probably more likely. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we'll see if if this continued demand continues to go, mm-hmm. and you know some of these companies start looking at all right. Well, it's not just that there's a temporary increase but now we have you know seven million new gun owners let's say for example that number keeps getting thrown around pretty solidly then they may be looking long term and think all right well we can can we can ramp up production a little bit because we know we have that many more people to sell to now obviously you know not all seven million of them are gonna you know once this thing dies down they may just stick their gun in the closet and you know never shoot it again who knows but at least, you know, a, a good portion of that anyway is still going to continue going on. You know, and even if you retain 20 percent as shooters, that's still a 20 percent increase in demand. And I mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, a lot of these companies are taking that into effect, in, into account. I know they're looking really hard at some of that stuff. Um, my best bet to everybody would be, you know, there's still going to be ammo out there for the next year. Um, it's going to be it's it, the shortages aren't going to get any worse than they are now. Prices, I don't think, are going to get any worse. I don't think the market will bear any worse prices, mm-hmm. um, any higher prices, I guess I should say. Um, you know, if there's something that you need to buy, buy it. Um, if you can wait, you know, if you're laying in, you know, your 15th case of 223, maybe, you know, maybe don't buy that 16th case. You know, leave yeah. a little bit out there in the market yeah. for somebody else. Um, on the other side of it, mm-hmm. if you're looking at those niche calibers that are still on the shelf, um, you know, and you're shooting, you know, whatever, you know, 4670 long colt or you know I, I have no idea but whatever niche caliber is nowadays right mm-hmm. um if you need to buy that i would say buy it and get what you would normally shoot through don't you know stockpile you know crates of it right but if you normally go through you know 300 rounds in a year let's say buy your 300 rounds now because 
whatever you're seeing hit is going to transition down. So ammo companies, when you pull uh, when you pull a uh, caliber offline and do a change out, right? Because they only have so many machines that make so many different things. Some are always dedicated to nine millimeter, some are always five five six. But when you have these other machines that they do for small batch runs of these other things, when you take that machine down, they can lose eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, day or two of production to switch over, depending on how crazy the caliber conversion is. So you can have machines that are down for a day or two, and that could be, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of rounds that get lost. They can't get made as they shut down to switch check calibers. So you got to mm-hmm. think of the change on the front end and the back end. So yeah. all those smaller caliber, all those are not smaller, but niche calibers that don't sell very well, that are still on the shelf right now. Uh, if you need that, I would suggest picking up what you need. Don't overbuy, but just pick up what you need because ammo companies are going to be very hesitant to change over production lines and reset things mm-hmm. uh, because it's less, it's more downtime, and more da- uh, more downtime means less production, less production, less supply. Um, and they're really, really doing a fantastic job. From the couple that I've talked to and really dug down deep into what they're doing, you know, the the, the bigger good names that I like, they they are doing everything that they can to produce as much ammo as they can without sacrificing quality. And it's, it's just amazing how hard they're working the employees that are, and those are the unsung heroes, right? I mean, you have employees that, you know, the companies are working 365 right now. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, basically, you know, employees are getting pretty much unlimited overtime if they want it, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to have somebody on the line constantly, constantly all day, all night. So I would, those people are, are amazing because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have near the supply we have right now. Yeah, I'll, vol- I'll volunteer to work that line just for a credit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually, two- I actually joked that to one of my. Look, I'll hop in my car now. I'll come down. I'll work. You know, it I'll work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forty two chilled says unless there's a war. So let me just say this. This is a component of what's going on here. I think with the lockdown, especially, um, and that lockdown continuing over the summer. A lot of people's emotions have been pushed low. So, th- and, and I think that kind of like sentiment that there's a civil war and all that kind of stuff is, uh, has a lot of people out there uh, on edge. Um, I think what you have to do is look outside. <laughs> you know, don't look at the TV to figure <laughs> that out. Look out the window. If people are out there going about their lives, most people are going about their lives, then everything's okay. I know there's certain cities where crazy things are happening. But if people are living their lives, we're not really on that edge, okay? Now, if, um, if we just keep cycling through, this, this particular thing has taken out maybe 200,000 people over this entire lockdown. Uh, I know a lot of people have gotten sick, but it's not, really, it's, it's not really this big thing that everyone's trying to make it out to be, okay? So if they're able to keep cycling that through and pushing people down, then yes, Something something eventually is going to break, you know, for people being forced to stay home and all this kind of stuff. But let's say we have that scenario, right? Let's say we're really there on the edge of that. We already have enough ammo to take all of us out many times over. That already exists. Everyone's already got that. Okay? Military, police departments, people. Everyone's already got that much ammo to do that kind of damage. So... We don't really, the ammo situation, the guns and everything that's already out there is not really going to have an effect on that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I think more has an effect on those kinds of things is whether or not um, these guys are allowed, whether or not the Supreme Court just sits back and lets, uh, 
lots of these places just uh, the governments and stuff like that just take over and run everything and have no plan of when you could go back to your normal life based off of a flu that's always existed all throughout time and will always exist. We're not getting rid of things like the flu unless we all go robot or something like that. Well, I can't say when I was in the military, when I was a drill sergeant, we were shooting ammo with the basic training privates from Vietnam, mm -hmm. like the Vietnam era, mm -hmm. you know, um, so that is true what you said about the ammo. It is enough and, mm -hmm. you know, population that they have ready, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm just like what I'm saying about that is I think we already have everything. If we really want to do it to each other, we could do it. The question is, do we want to do it? And we all have to ask, regardless of what's got you on edge and who you are, why you're on edge and all that kind of stuff. If you really want to do it, why? What's the thing that's doing that to you? You know, is it just because you can't get out there and go to work and run your business or just breathe fresh air? That, you know, you're, you're worried because, you, because someone's trying to make you wear a mask. When the funny thing is, a mask alone, if this is really a threat, none of these masks are capable of stopping the particles <laughs> mm -hmm. from getting through to you. Okay? Yeah. Then uh, the mask alone is not good enough. You're going to have to wear eye protection. You're going to have to wear gloves. You're going to pretty much have to get in a spacesuit. Right? Well. So... I pretty much said if it was any real concern, um, airports and restaurants wouldn't be open right now. Yeah, they wouldn't be these guys. They wouldn't be um, they wouldn't be uh, the football games or whatever's going on, all the sports stuff. They wouldn't be the stupid bubble idea. Now, I don't track sports. OK, I really don't. The last time I thought of sports, I think, is last night because Babyface said that the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think someone correct me on this. I think it's Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. I think. I think sure. that happened. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I don't track that stuff, but but you know, it's all it's all like a game, right? They oh, there's a special bubble. People are sneaking people into the bubble. No one has any clue of what's happening. <laughs> no, you know, it's so bizarre. So, uh, you know, when I went to Montana, obviously I flew out there and. Mm -hmm. um, it's my first time flying since this whole coof thing. And it, so you, you, I mean, like on the way out there, these people were militant about wearing your mask, like the flight attendant, mm -hmm. you know, like, like militant. And, but, but here's the thing, you know, they come through with the cart and they give you your little snack bag. Right. And it mm -hmm. was like a bottle of water and, uh, uh, you know, wafer, wafer cookie thing and mm -hmm. pretzels. And they come through and they give you a, you know, what, you know, your regular soft drink, you know, mm -hmm. after that. But, um, so, you know, everybody on the plane has to wear a mask, but they give everyone drinks at the exact same time. And everybody's got their mask off at the exact same time yeah. on this freaking plane. Makes but no yet, sense. as soon as you're not done, you know, it, you know, when you get done with your, you know, sip, you know, drinking your drink and eating your put pretzels, <laughs> then you got to put the mask back on. Cause, Oh my God. Yes. And it's just, it's if so anything bizarre. Was in the air. You're now putting that mask on over your face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's when, just. It's, when I was up in, uh, no sense. North there's no sense at all. When I, when I was in North Carolina, um, one of the things I noticed, and it, the same thing took place in Georgia as well. Mm -hmm. You go into a restaurant, you got to have it on, but prior to sitting, as soon as your food comes, you can take it off. Mm -hmm. And like I said, to me, that's just an indication that this is not as serious as mm -hmm. it should be, right? Because what it comes down to is the dollar. 
how can we continue to make the dollar so we keep the the machine running? Mm-hmm. That's it's pretty a, much it's a, it I think it's an exercise in control, yeah, right? 100%. So it, it, it's that. and not just so much the making people wear the masks alone. It's just even letting things open back up. Like, hey, we control this. We can tell you what's good. Um, people, if, if they want to protest, riot, and burn cities down, they don't need masks. Mm-hmm. Okay? They can go out in any number and burn cities down. <laughs> These guys <laughs> over here, if you, if you want to go into a, uh, to a restaurant, oh, you need the mask while you're walking in, you know, while you're sitting there. It's, it's just an exercise in control. And with control, you have to give something. You can't just say no, no, no to everything. Because eventually what happens, the people you're trying to control, just go forget it. We're not going to live like this. We are going to, this is, we're going to start pulling triggers, right? Things are, things are really going to go bad here. So I think that um, th- this is just a thing that we have to live with. But the problem, the, the problem that happens with a lot of politicians is that once they get this power, they don't want to give it up. And we're already right. seeing that there's courts, there's judges saying that all of this stuff is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, and they don't even have a plan. It's not like they have a, they're like, okay, this is going to go on for two weeks and then end. There's no, there's no plan to end it. The plan is to basically keep cycling it from now on. Right. You know, so. We're seeing that insanity right now here in Indiana. So Mm -hmm. Indiana's a red state, like hard red state, right? Mm -hmm. Our governor, if you, if you would have asked on March 1st. You know, all the polls showed that, you know, Hol- you know, Holcomb was going to win by 65, 70 percent of the vote. Right. The Democrats ran a throw throwaway candidate at him. I mean, this guy's just a joke, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they because they knew you can't beat him mm-hmm. now. You know, September 15th, he was supposed to everything was supposed to go back to 5.0 and open back up. He doubled down. Um, now it's, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. 5.1 or whatever the hell it is. Um then just now he now again increased his little thing out again now to November 1st and <clears throat> Indiana has a part-time legislature. Mm-hmm. They can only come back, uh, when called back from the governor, unless, you know, they're going into regular session. So they can do an emergency session of call back from the governor. Well, now Holcomb has been doing this uh, emergency session now, uh, you know, emergency orders that he has to renew every 30 days, but he's renewed them like four times now. And it, it's just, you can't insane. be in emergency mode. You can't be in emergency for mode long. for four months. No. You know, and now we're on, it, it'll be at least five months. It's insane. That's permanent. That only happens in uh, countries that, that become total dictatorships. Yeah, 100%. So, the, so all the stuff he's doing has to be done by the legislature. Even our attorney general came out and said, you need to call back the, the assembly. Uh, first, the, the attorney general called it out and says, blatantly unconstitutional originally what he signed. Mm-hmm. So he, he rolled back a little bit on some of the penalties. But, you know, mm. every month the attorney general comes out with, you need to call the assembly back. You do not have this authority. Mm-hmm. But yet here we go. We're trucking along right now. Um, the governor's ratings are tanking. Um, and the libertarian candidate in this state, I believe, has passed now the Democrat. Uh, and he's, he's polling like in the, uh, you know, in like the 30th percentile range. Yeah. And Hulk, I think, is going to be in the 40s now. Yeah. Um, he. Like 100%, this guy's going to lose. I, I can't imagine, especially with him doubling down now again and extending it to November 1st, I don't know who the hell is going to vote for him. I mean, he's just – either he's taken his base so far for granted and he's pandering to just these, these fear-mongering imbeciles 
it boggles the mind. Yeah. Um, and, if you, and, if you and, look it's, at... and it's bizarre for the first time in decades upon decades upon decades, Indiana may not have a Republican governor. Well, and he's done it to himself. Yeah, that's called fear. If you look at Florida as an example, right? So when uh, Florida was like, okay, we're done with this, everything went up a little bit, you know? But it really has not been that bad. Florida is open. I think uh, Governor DeSantis said Florida is pretty much open. There are places that still have um, mask restrictions uh, in place. But technically in Florida, you can't even enforce those. So in mm-hmm. other words, Gainesville's a hippie... Uh, you know, very liberal town. I walk around here. There's no one saying you got. There's people wearing a mask. There's no one saying you have to put on a mask, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's schools they found here in Florida, uh, doing fine. Colleges, different story. Where these kids are getting together, drinking, doing things that is that is pushing up uh, their likelihood of of getting infected with something. Maybe not so much, but like my kids. Uh, one is doing um, online schooling, and the other one actually went back. He goes to FSU. He went back. But he doesn't mm-hmm. party, get crazy, and all that kind of stuff. He's fine. I think somewhere in the last couple of weeks, he actually took a COVID test. It's fine. So I, 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 I think when you look at other states, look at New York. They just stayed in draconian mode, and now they're spiking again. Yeah, because yeah. So. what they're doing doesn't work. And I know mm-hmm. I, I, I know because uh, my oldest daughter is 22, mm-hmm. um, a lot of college kids – who have tested positive for COVID mm-hmm. and every single one of them that I know, and there's a couple dozen now at this point, you know, through her, mm-hmm. um, every single one that tested positive, uh, more than half of them said they didn't even know they were sick. And the other, you know, the other, you know, a little less than half said, you know, I felt like a tingle in my throat and, you know, I, I couldn't taste anything mm-hmm. for a day or two. And that was like, it. and they got uh, over so, it and went back to normal. Yeah, they, yeah. All of them got over it. Now, now they're immune to it. doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's not to say that COVID, you know, which is really SARS-2, you know, COVID-2, mm-hmm. uh, is really just a second version of SARS, uh, isn't serious for people with comorbidities, uh, just like any illnesses, right? Yeah. But the idea that we lock down a country over it, that we do what well, we're doing, I mean, it's, and it's beyond preposterous. That's it's, why it's you insane. See, the science doesn't support it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to ask, um, did they ever come out with a, a sanctioned unified test that they're giving everybody? Because last I heard about the test was – it was given three different tests, mm-hmm. and one of them you can put like Dawn on it, and it will come back as being positive for COVID. Um, when I went to the hospital, they did the one, whereas like they was all up touching my brain. That's the, the yeah, that's the better one, yeah. I believe. Yeah, you really need yeah. to get up in there. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, I had that before we went to Shot Show because like a, a like a month or so before we all went to Shot Show, so not January. I'm gonna say like. Uh, November or December, um, I actually got sick last November, December with something. Didn't it was pretty bad, but I didn't go to the doctor. It went away, and then it came back and uh, smacked me up again. And I went to the doctor, and they did that crazy test in there, like you have the uh, you have the flu. I think they said it was the B strain, and you know that's that's uh, how they did it. So that's pretty much how they're doing it for this. You know, there may be other ways, but it's tough to figure out. And I think they're still running uh, different things. I think this would be like probably Joe's area um, of uh, of expertise. I could say you're the closest person in, in this particular group right now that uh, knows anything about the medical stuff. But I think we can all see uh, BS going on. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's what, what I did before as an operations manager, I developed policies and procedures, uh, you know, for, you know, for the clinicians to use that worked under me and, and, you know, obviously for me to use too when we're in the OR, um, and, you know, you, you look at the data, you look at the science, peer-reviewed published studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take all that information and you make informed decisions with it. You base your policies and procedures around that. Uh, you know, coming into May of 2020, even as early as May of 2020, every single study that was out there when it came to face coverings showed they're not effective or minimally, you know, N95s were minimally, you know, had minimal effect for virus transmission mm-hmm. when worn pro- and fitted properly, which is extremely important. So it's yeah, got to create And I think also effect. over distance, right? Because mm-hmm. distance gives the ability for that thing to be less effective. Right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so, um, so, and there was actually a study on two, two studies on cloth face coverings mm-hmm. that showed virtually no efficacy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all that coming into May 2020, which is why everybody, including uh, Fauci, was saying, no, you know, don't wear a mask. It doesn't work. It's it's bull. You know, it doesn't help. Uh, and then all of a sudden and, you know, toward the end of May, now everybody should wear a mask because mm-hmm. polls changed and the media did their thing. Um, you, know, you can't be basing public policy based upon feelings. Right. You, you know, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to this, you have to base it on science and data. And if if. You know, there was actually true efficacy there, sure. But, you know, hand washing, right, is number one way to prevent the spread of diseases, including viruses. Hand washing, number one. Uh, two, you know, don't touch your face. Mm-hmm. Don't touch your eyes, your mouth, your nose, your ears, or, you know, private areas, right? You do those two things, you're probably going to be, for the most part, you're going to be way better off than 99% of the people, and certainly way better off than wearing, a, you know, even an N95 mask. Next things that we know that work, social distancing, which isn't social distancing at all. I hate that term. Um, but yet, you know, separation, phys- you know, physically separating yourself from other people, you know, six feet, really nine, but whatever. Um, you know, you're going to cut down on the likelihood of airborne transmission because any of the uh, virus particles that are expelled in a small enough form that will easily pass through a mask uh, that go through the air. Uh, they die on exposure to the air, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you're only talking about droplet precautions. And droplet precautions uh, are the only thing theoretically that would help with a surgical-type mask that actually has a moisture barrier on it, right, theoretically. But, of mm-hmm. course, it's going to blow in through the sides because surgical masks aren't. Mm-hmm. You get a coated N95 mask. Yeah, but you get into all these things. You're not in a spacesuit. But <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, you're not in a spacesuit. And one of the things that I saw when I was on the plane, there were there were a couple people coming back. And they had on goggles, a mask, and gloves. And they wore it like they were on it. Tight. And then mm-hmm. their snack came. They left the goggles on, but they took the mask down. They took their gloves off. They ate, you know, all happy. You know, they had it off for like a while, right? Because mm-hmm. I could see diagonally a couple rows in front of me. And then as soon as they were done, they put everything back on. And mm-hmm. they're all like, you know, they're safe again. It's just, if you were really that concerned, what sort of – I mean, you're just – it like gog like fitting goggles and N95 masks. That's just why even go. Do you even have to go where you're going? And I think one of the one of the problems that we have is that um, is the whole Hollywood or media aspect of this, right? Um, mm-hmm. The fact that we have these experts getting in front of cameras and getting uh, wined and dined and 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 romanced by the media is why we don't actually have. Uh, real fair and balanced uh, advice getting given out here, right? Because if, if what you're saying is a science, why aren't these guys talking that? 
And and what they're doing right now, they can never talk that. So we're gonna live in like uh, voodoo for the rest of, of uh, you know, for the rest of history, because all of a sudden science went out the door. Why did they go out the door? Because they were talking to the media, and the media wanted them to say certain things. You know, so f- right here we were talking about Gainesville. Gainesville, a couple of weeks after they had that stupid mask thing, actually dropped it. And here's what happened. They dropped it. They had a city council meeting, and this liberal town said, no, we're dropping that mask thing. And then everyone in the town was like, oh, my God, why are you dropping it? We're going to die. That's what the people said, and they put it back on. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not science. <laughs> what do we, you know, and, and like I think, like you said, it's the comorbidity part of it that people need to think about here. And, and the CDC put out that study saying that, what was it, 94% of the people who died, they had multiple other factors after having uh, COVID, right, that led to them dying. So for sure, like my dad has multiple factors, old dude, you know, uh, he's got lots of different problems that come along with being old and all that kind of stuff, right? And he had COVID-19, he survived, mm-hmm. right? So... So even people with multiple factors are still surviving. But if you've got like some serious multiple factors, it's not so good for you. You just need to stay away from people. Yeah. 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 And, and that's the thing. Even if you needed to travel like 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 like, like that, those two people who are wearing both the goggles, the N95 mask and the mm-hmm. gloves, if they would have kept that on the entire time, you know, then at least they're being consistent. Right. But you're in an airplane and the flight back. Um, on the way out there, basically every middle seat was empty and there were a couple of rows that were, you know, empty. And once we got off, you know, several people changed seats. There's only like one people, a person in most of the row. I was lucky person in my row got up and moved and I had my row to myself, which is nice on the way out there Mm -hmm. just for, just so I could kick out. I got long legs. I, yeah, push planes. those armrests up. <laughs> exactly. Um, on the way back though, the flight was packed. Like almost every seat was full. Mm-hmm. And that was the most packed flight. And they're just happily doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then afterwards they put it all back on. It's like, you know, if you really felt that threatened that you have to wear, you know, your sealed goggles mm-hmm. and 95 and gloves, why in the hell would you take them off on a plane? What, and to that, eat? that's that to, to I mean, eat, right? To eat, to eat what was, you know, a hundred calorie bag of pretzels and, you know, a little wafer cookie. It wasn't like they just took it off for a split second, maybe to get a drink because they were really you know, dehydrated or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had it off and they're just, you know, talking and eating and enjoying themselves. It's like, yeah, where's, I, uh, consist- where's the logic behind that? There isn't it's just, any. It's insane. Yeah, I have. I've been traveling since I was five years old, man, getting on planes, but I hate it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, in somewhere in the next couple of weeks, Lola and I have to travel. I'm not even looking forward to it. Because we're flying. I was trying to convince her that we should just drive. And she's like, no, I'm not. I don't want to. You know, where we're going is uh, considerably far. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it's this kind of nonsense. I just don't even really want to go through it. You know, I'm going to sit I, I there missed, with a mask just as a game. Yeah. I missed yeah. flying pre-9-11. Uh, I travel. I worked for uh, a company called uh, Baxter, a large medical company, back mm-hmm. in uh, yeah. 99 to 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a year... Almost a full year, I was on a plane pretty much every. I, I wasn't married at the time; I wasn't seeing anybody, and I took a traveling job. And I was on a plane uh, every week to a different city, all mm-hmm. over the country, uh, for the most part. You know, occasionally I'd be somewhere two weeks, whatever. But pretty much, I think I had uh, I don't know, 
almost nearly 200 segments in that one year period. I got a lot of free tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, uh, of miles, a lot of yeah, I got a lot of miles. miles um, yeah. That was back when they actually gave good miles and good right. rewards. Right. And I loved flying pre 9 11. Mm-hmm. You know, I would show up at the airport. I would have carry on bags with all my stuff in it. Most of the time, I wouldn't even check a bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would throw you know whatever I had through, go through. Everything was great. It was it was you were treated as a customer. People were happy to see you. You go through security. They're happy. It's not you know, it was good times. And then since 9-11, I've hated flying. And I only fly when we absolutely have to and we don't have a choice. I mean, for years, I drove straight through to Florida, back and forth when I go down there to visit friends and family and stuff, vacation. Uh, you know, I take the 18-hour drive over hopping on a plane because I just – I hate flying now. I hate the hassle. And now with the mask thing, it's just it's just one more level of stupidity. It's just feel yeah. good. It's the, you you, you become it. a criminal. You become sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all kinds of insanity going on, right? Just to, like, get on a plane and go from one place to the next. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sick and tired of that. Um, let me see. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different things we, want, we, we have to talk about. I do want to bring this up just to remind everyone. So this is, uh, what did I say the episode number this was? I'll, t- I'll tell you guys. I think it was um, 649. Was it 649? Uh, yes. Look at you, man. You're, you're, you're still young enough that your brain is working. Even uh, though you shaved so we didn't see your, uh, your gray hair, so that's fine. You don't want the people to know. Hey, I should have screen captured you, Mike. I know. I didn't think about it until I was like, why did you even warn him? You should have just let him go on the air. <laughs> you guys missed it. It's all behind the scenes. Mike had, he had, uh, he had a lot of gray hairs out there. Anyway, 649. But guess what? So episode 666 is coming up. Nope. And someone nope. suggested, someone suggested nope. that we do that on Halloween. Nope. So we're going to do it Halloween. There you go. I won't be watching. I'm out. You're not, you're not I'm watching. out. You can't handle it. I'm out. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> it's at, Halloween's actually going to be a Saturday, so we're going to do. Um, I didn't. I didn't know you were superstitious about the numbers, but we're, so we're going to have a. We're going to have an episode on Saturday, October thirty first, Halloween. It's going to be that episode that that uh, Joe can't hear. <laughs> Don't tell Joe about it. Um, and listen, so everyone showing up on air is going to have a costume on. So there's going to be, it's going to, we're going to do a normal thing like what we're doing here. I'll have a costume, whoever else is coming. If anyone wants to come on for a couple of minutes, like guys who've already been on and you've got a costume, feel free. You're invited to come on for a couple of minutes, show off your Halloween costume or whatever. Mike, I'm sure. Fun, I don't know if you do the Halloween thing with your, with your kid. No, don't practice. Uh, no Halloween this year for you people. You're going to let, no. you're going to let the powers that be. The um, Illuminati is taking away Halloween from you all. I'm gonna. I'm not getting a new one, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a costume, and I'll. Uh, I'll. I'll. I'll wear a previous costume from previous years and, and rock that. But um, okay, yeah, I know you guys. I know you guys get dressed up for Halloween, Joe. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. I'm American. <laughs> yeah. What's, well, I wouldn't put on a costume. What is going on with Mike? Mike, you don't do a costume thing on Halloween. Nah. Nah. Why? Explain to us why. Was this like a hood thing? It's not peer no. pressure though. Because no, I grew no, up, I grew up in the hood. The Halloweens hood. were not fun, man. Halloweens, you got beaten. Yeah, up. I know. Yeah, yeah, you got beaten up. You got your candy stolen. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with all that. Or you died. <laughs> yeah, but my whole thing was, um, it was more about how I learned about Halloween, the backstory mm-hmm. behind okay. it, and it's more like, okay, how do you actually promote something that you're totally mm-hmm. against? But 
And mm-hmm. I think I've only done Halloween. Like I was around my daughter one time for Halloween, but she was even like, she wanted to go trick or treating. But then when I bought all the candy to give out, she didn't want to go. She just wanted to sit in the house and just eat, eat the candy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. how it works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I was more fortunate that she wanted to take that route versus yeah. going out. But yeah. um, we actually ended up buying her a little costume and, mm-hmm. You know, she actually walked around the house and in the driveway with it on. Yeah. But kids love to dress up. I think it's good for the parents too. Parents should play dress up every now and then. You know, it's good. We were talking about the birds and the bees. Helps yeah. lubricate the uh, birds and the bees situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's fun. One of one of, one of the favorite uh, Halloweens that I had. A couple of the favorites. One of them was the whole family went uh, as pirates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we went, cool. um, this one, my youngest was, I don't even, I don't know if it was her, uh, she was probably just barely one, mm-hmm. I think, uh, for that year. But we took the little red wagon flyer that we had and mm-hmm. my wife got all creative with it, basically turned it into a pirate ship and we all went as pirates okay. <laughs> and it was really cool. So we were yeah. going trick or treat and dragging the wagon behind us. It was like mm-hmm. a pirate ship. That was pretty yeah. cool. Of yeah. course, you know, at the end of the day, we threw all the candy away and then just you know, yeah. got candy the next day. Yeah, it's not so much about the Halloween. I know my mom was super yeah. parrot. She's really paranoid, right? And there was a time back in the days that people would do terrible things. I think they still do it. Remember? People would put, like, razor blades in stuff and yeah. a poison or whatever. So my mom would, she she was like, yeah, don't take anything from strangers. But it's the, it's the idea of the whole thing. I remember, and I think it's while we were doing this gun YouTube thing, Lola and I went to a Halloween party one year that was pirate-themed, where everyone was dressed up like a pirate. And that was fun. Yeah, I think I, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to run it again. We're going to do it again, whoever wants to be in. I'm just saying. It is. I, yeah. I got one more favorite that mm-hmm. um, wound up going... Um, yeah. Uh, going to to Disney for one of their Halloween parties, and mm-hmm. you know we all dressed up. Mm-hmm. But my daughter and I went as uh, she went as Perry the Platypus from Phineas and Ferb. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing show. You guys mm-hmm. have never seen it. It's fantastic. I know. I know Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I went as uh, as as Doctor Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> uh, and, that, I don't uh, know that. He, he's the nemesis to put Perry the platypus. Oh, okay. The guy in the lab always making innators, you know. Uh, so anyway, that that that, yeah. that was a lot of fun, and, and she was yeah. around eleven ish, maybe mm-hmm. ten, mm-hmm. no no more than twelve, yeah. and that was really fun. We we had, I mean, the whole family had an amazing time. But you know, my mm-hmm. my uh, my wife and uh, and youngest had dressed up kind of. Uh, um, matching ish if you will too you know same same type theme and i'm trying to remember exactly what it was i think it was uh mad hatter and uh ish you know i know alice in the wonderland and cheshire cat that was oh, okay it. yeah yeah um so yeah and uh, and i thought about doing the mad hatter thing but we had come up with our own thing beforehand we weren't coordinating then all of a sudden you know last minute it is what it is right yeah but there's a lot of those memories and a lot of that fun that that go along with it if you if you're into that sort of thing and you can do that sort of thing so yeah. i don't know um, last it's year, for me. Last, yeah, absolutely. I think it's memories. It's fun to get dressed up. Last year, Walter's daughter got married in Louisiana, and she had like a, a costume party for her wedding. Everyone had to go there dressed up. That's know? cool. And I went as uh, I went as uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then Lola bit my style. I told her to get her own thing to do. She bit my style, and she went as one of the one of the Rick and Morty aliens. But she, you know, I think she, I think she, she looked cute in the alien outfit. 
But so that kind of that kind of stuff is always fun, and it was fun going to. That's like the most fun wedding I ever went to, which I'm not a fan of going to weddings. I didn't go to my own wedding, but that was a fun wedding. Everyone was all dressed up. There was a. I knew there was going to be another Rick and Morty, but I was the best one. You know, I was ghetto Rick out there, and 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 there is such a thing. There is such a thing. If you know, there's just like there the are multiverse. an infinite number of Ricks. Yeah, infinite Ricks. But uh, I was the best one. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the other guy that was Rick was all mad. I was like, dude, don't be mad. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this way better than you. So uh, I think that kind of stuff is fun. We're going to do it again. Whoever wants to be down, you guys are welcome to be down. I'm giving you, I'm forewarning you all. And then also, while we're talking about that, I want to remind everyone, November 7th, Andrew's Custom Leather was having an open house in St. Augustine where the Andrew's Custom Leather Shop is. So that's uh, Saturday, and we're going to start around noon, go till 5. Everyone's welcome to show up there if you want to come to St. Augustine for the weekend, or if you're in Florida close by, you want to show up there for a couple of hours, hang out with us. Sam's going to give away some stuff. I'll give away stuff. Uh, Walter's going to be there. Babyface is going to be there. Um, I'm going to put up a link soon, as soon as I get it from them, um, like a Facebook event link. You guys are welcome to come if you're able. Um, I know that you're not necessarily going to be able to, but you guys would be welcome to come hang out with us. There's going to be a food truck, all of that. So, mm. Brian Quick said, never watch Rick and Morty. Greatest cartoon ever. I've never heard of it. You've never, never heard, heard of Rick and Morty? Never heard of it? No. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Like Tom and Jerry. No. Also an excellent cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's excellent It from the 1950s. Okay. <laughs> I still watch Tom and Jerry if yeah. I could. Rick and Morty is awesome. I've watched every mm-hmm. single Rick and Morty that exists like 20 times. Every single mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I know a lot about Rick and Morty. It's one of the coolest uh, TV shows out there, man. He's got the hardest working liver in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> See, Joe is all up on this. <laughs> I'll check it out and I'll give you a report. I think you, I think you would enjoy it. I think you would enjoy it. It's, uh, it's fun. So, uh, yeah, everyone out there, figure out what your ideas are. If you want to come to the Sam Andrews thing, uh, we'll, we'll get all that sorted out. And I'm inviting Sam to come on and talk to everyone about that. That's going to be fun, too. So I'm going to be up there with uh, probably one of my rigs from, from Sam Andrews. You know, you all kitted out. If I was in the area, I would come by. It, yeah. it, it looks like they make some really nice leather holsters. I've seen a lot of oh, yeah. pictures. They look. They looks really nice. Yeah, they they do pretty cool stuff, and he's great. He's a great guy, great character. Um, you know, Jerry Parker says pickle Rick. There you go, pickle Rick. That's oh, a good. That's a good Halloween costume, actually, pickle Rick. So, uh, oh, let's see. You got a pickle Rick right there. Uh, no, it's not pickle no, Rick. But... Oh, snowball, snowball, snowball. Yeah, <laughs> snowball. I had snowball. And yeah, who knows my... about snowball out there? Let's see who knows about Rick and Morty. What is Snowball? So there you go. Uh, Brian Quick says, I've never seen any John Wicks. So he's never seen he's never seen Rick and Morty or John Wick. What is wrong with you? <laughs> You've never seen not, not even John Wick 1. Wow. Have you seen Bad Boys 1? Have you at least seen Bad Boys 1? Brian Quick, let us know. Or Bad Boys 2, I think. Which one was the most popular one? Was it Bad Boys 2? I think so. I think. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I, I. I know. I honestly preferred the first one. 
to the rest. But yeah, I think the other oh, okay. one. Will, so. Yeah, I, yeah think, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, number one was number one was really good. Number two is very popular. Number three is crap. Don't waste your time. <laughs> yeah. I, Did you I see think, it? Did you see it, yes, Mike? Okay. I've I seen it, but I, I believe number three opened up the gateway for the next generation for that uh, bad boy lineage to continue. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So that's how I look at it because it is a franchise that will catch, that will have uh, Martin and um, Will. They'll hand it over to whoever's going to replace them. But then when they do that, every now and then they're going to have a guest visit on the upcoming. I am never looking at it again. I am never, (laughs) ever going to watch it again. It was so horrible. It was so horrible. I'm curious to find out what happened to the son. Aliens came and kidnapped him. That's what happened. And so that was, Bad Boys 3 was so stupid. Will Smith got tagged up with 5'7 out of a PS90 mm-hmm. from a dude on a motorcycle. He got tagged up with a 5'7. He had no body armor on. And six months later, he's walking around. How do you even survive that? It's movies, man. It's movies. No, 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 You're not going to be walking around six months later. <laughs> I understand if they went to like five years later or some craziness like that. How he even survived that, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, yeah, not a fan. Uh, yeah, some brick says Michael Bay just has terrible scenes in his movies with the exception of 13 Hours. Uh yeah, yeah, like you know, thirteen hours was good. Um, it, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, thir- yeah. I, I thought thirteen hours they did a fantastic job. Yeah, maybe they but. played down the Michael Bay stuff in there, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, based on a thing that actually happened. So, uh, Brian Quick says yes. Seen Bad Boys one and two. Let's see what you got here. Solenia. This is more Rick and Morty stuff. If you guys more Rick and Morty stuff. Yeah, more Rick and Morty stuff. Solenia. That's deep. That's like third level Rick and Morty with Solenia. Yeah. Anyone who was, knows about that, that, you're a real Rick and Morty. I know about going that. Be, you're going beyond Rick and Morty on, or beyond Pickle Rick yeah. on this. That was the episode with Machete. 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 Oh, what, how do you, how, what is that guy's real name? The guy that. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. The guy that was in it. I can't that, think of his name off the top of my head. Yeah, he's that Mexican actor who always plays the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was oh, actually a prisoner in real life. Yeah, um, what is that guy's name? Okay, someone's going to tell us. Um, yeah, somebody will know off the top of their head. Yeah, he's been in so many uh, movies, man. Uh, Trejo, Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo. Danny, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Danny Trejo, yeah. Trejo, yeah. Uh, lots of guest stars. Rick and Morty Rick thumbs and Morty. down. What? Who, who, gave, who gave Rick and Morty a thumbs down? Kathleen? Why did she do that? That's so sad. When did I'm Kathleen, when did Kathleen do I'm, that? Hurt right in the feels, right in the feels. <laughs> uh, Jeff Stevens says Antoine Fuqua, you got to see the movies he directs. Um, yeah, I think uh, Antoine Fuqua is a good, uh, good director. Um, that's not the guy, Antoine Fuqua is not married to, uh, to wait a second, hold on, Angela Bassett. Is that the guy that's married to Angela Bassett? No, right. I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. Yeah. Antoine Fuqua makes good movies, though. I know he's done a bunch of uh, stuff with Denzel Washington. Uh, uh, let me ask you this, Hank. Mm-hmm. 
what was the best gun movie before John Wick that you would actually sell people on? Best gun movie before John Wick. Before John Wick. I'm going to say Heat. That's, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like Heat, but yeah, okay. we're, we're going a little too far back for that. I would say okay. more recent modern memory for me mm-hmm. would probably be like The Way of the Gun. Okay, well, now, realistic scenes with the firearms also. Yeah. I think, um, he, I think he narrowed it down. I didn't see realistic. Way of the Gun more than one time. So no, I'm not saying it, it was a it, bad it, movie, but I didn't see it more than one time. And I can't remember that they had really good firearm handling and realistic uh, firearms. What, what, so there wasn't a lot of firearms play mm-hmm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't like a... There wasn't a lot of shooting in it, but what shooting scenes there were were done uh, pretty well it, for, you know, up and up until that date. Right. So mm-hmm. they, you know, their guns would run dry. Um, you know, they did some uh, single handed weapons manipulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the guys is shot in the arm or hand and he's, you know, he's having to reload mm-hmm. with one hand and stuff. I mean, it, it was it was decent. It was decent. It really was. Okay. Um, equilibrium. Equ- who said equilibrium? <laughs> <laughs> that's not realistic I know well, you might as well say the matrix kill, you might as well say the matrix I really enjoyed <laughs> Equilibrium as a fun uh, as a fun movie that's, yeah. that's, that's like a guilty pleasure movie I've seen that movie two or three times now what's the movie with the that's Thor just... guy that recently came out that had some good gun handling in it um... What's the movie? I'm not sorry, talking, I missed part of it. You're not talking Extraction, are you? Is it, was it Extraction? It had the Thor dude yeah. in there. Yeah, Extraction, yeah. Was that Extraction? Yeah, Chris okay. Helmsworth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Helmsworth, yeah. Overall, that was decent. Yeah, I thought that had some good stuff. Is it? I, I'm sorry, I think Heat is like uh, textbook. Yes, I, I yeah. agree with that. Maybe, I, I think they did the research before they actually made the movie yeah. to pull you in more. Maybe, mm-hmm. what was that movie where they landed on D-Day again? Uh, I think that was Sti- Spielberg. Uh, Saving Private Ryan? Saving Private Ryan was pretty mm-hmm. hardcore. Um, yeah. That was hardcore, man. I remember looking at that for the first time, like, what is happening? You 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 drop right into that. Uh, the way they did that whole movie of them uh, landing on, on the beaches and all that was, yeah. That made it really, 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 really tough to to do that but in terms of really getting into i mean that was just everyone dying right those guys are just like cannon fodder but Mm -hmm. heat i think if you if you look at heat man it's textbook Mm -hmm. it was intense when i watched it and i wasn't as deep into the gun world back then but even if i watch it now i'm like this is amazing yes Heat was one of those movies that i will watch like every friday when i didn't go out (laughs) <laughs> it just it was either Heat and uh, Bad Boys. I would always watch those mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Now Bad Boys has them like jumping and shooting. You know, I always I've always wanted to do in a video that move where I'm like slow motion falling and dual. <laughs> dual. <laughs> and Lola's like, no, that's not actually gonna happen. But I would love to. I would love to do that. <laughs> I'm probably gonna do that one of these days, just to see, like you know. How realistic. So I, I can actually tell you, there has been a few times mm-hmm. I jumped and shot at targets from around walls. Mm-hmm. And out of three times I've done mm-hmm. it, I probably only had one shot on a target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not 
not really what you think it is and what you're capable yeah. of doing. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing like with dual wielding. You really can't be that accurate dual wielding. Right. You know, um, I'm sure there's someone out there that could do it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it looks good. It looks good in, uh, in a movie. I think if I ever decide I want to be uh, Demo Ranch, I will do that diving through the air, falling slowly through the air. <laughs> shooting at the same time and screaming <laughs> landing on an air mattress yeah. what was the movie with keanu reeves where um they were like surfers but he was undercover what was that point break point blank uh, yeah point, point break. break point break i think yeah was that i can't that was a good movie but i can't remember if the gun handling was really realistic i just remember the part where keanu was like shooting in there ah! he's all frustrated you know I just remember that. So, uh, Chris Bullis says RoboCop was the best. No realistic uh, gun shooting in RoboCop. Uh, and DCG44 says, can you pull off the bounce is the question. Well, yeah, you're going to have to have a mattress that you're falling into. Something, some kind of mat. Yeah. yeah Swimming pool, perhaps. No, yeah, you can't actually hit the ground. That's not yeah, actually that's gonna happening. Yeah, going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, another cool one is the rolling on the ground while shooting at the same time. That'll be interesting. What's the craziest moves? Like, I think about this, right? What's the craziest shooting move you see in a movie that you think, oh, I wonder, you know, you know, it might be totally ridiculous, but you think, you know, I might be able to do that. <laughs> Either the sliding and shooting Slide. or they jump on a cart as it's rolling and shooting. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, um, I liked uh, Fifth Element is one of my favorite movies. Love that movie. Yeah, yeah, and the part where he's ne his negotiation, he goes in and just shoots everyone, and just hits all these dudes. You know, he just I think he just looked around the corner, if I'm not mistaken, and then he goes in there and he hits all of them. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, so who is this? Chris Bullis says Wanted was the best. Uh, wanted. wanted was a fun movie. Was that who was in that? Was it? Uh, That's the one where they could curve, you know, curve the oh, bullets. Yeah, yeah, wanted, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wanted, yeah. That Can, was a, that. That was a fun one. Yeah. Can a bullet be curved? Hmm. No. <laughs> the no. wind. The wind. <laughs> Technically, it happens. Yeah, if you're shooting like five miles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you toss the bullet out of the gun in such a way that it goes and makes a curve? Hmm. Did uh, Mythbusters do that? I can't remember. Yeah, Mythbusters did it, and um, uh -huh. it couldn't it couldn't be done. So it was like wherever the firearm is pointing, that's yeah. the direction the bullet's gonna travel. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Armament and Axis says Mel Gibson rolling and shooting in Lethal Weapon LMAO um, <laughs> with a mullet. <laughs> Yeah, that was so much fun. <laughs> Those movies were awesome, man. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Unfortunately, they ruined the they, they ruined bullet manufacturing uh, for a while there because you know everybody watched the cop killer bullets scene and yeah. it's like oh my god, cop killers. Yeah. Um, a lot of those '80s move, late '80s, early yeah. '90s movies ruined a lot of things. Yeah. It ruined window tint, for example. Right? How mm -hmm. many cops are paranoid to death about window tint? Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, crazy. And then One you had your movies. ceramic Glock from uh, Die Hard mm -hmm. Two. Yeah, you know, 
Um, I always like in the movies where the guy does a roll and then, you know, like this is how you're tactical. <laughs> you ever saw that? You do the roll. There's a tactical roll. I don't know if that keeps you somehow from getting shot by rolling into a scene. <laughs> you know, yeah, the only person I've ever seen do that in real life mm-hmm. and like pull it off. Uh, is Instructor Zero. That's who I was thinking you were going to say. <laughs> that 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 dude is, you know, I, I had watched, so this has been probably four or five years ago, but I got to shoot with him uh, uh, with uh, Military Arms Channel, Tim from there, uh, mm-hmm. on his range. And I was out there for the day, and I had seen, you know, some of the video moves he had done in videos, and I, I just looked at him like, all right, whatever. Yeah. But this guy, you know, we were out on the range, and we were doing something, and, you know, he you know, he was warming up or whatever. And he just like, he went into a role, you know, and then it was like, uh, you remember the video game Metroid? Mm-hmm. Anybody remember Metroid? Yeah. That's the, 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 yeah. the woman in the suit that would, could, you know, just like turn into a ball and mm-hmm. spin. Mm-hmm. Well, he just like flipped into a, he was like standing like right here. He, <laughs> right. He, he was standing right here. Mm-hmm. He rolled, came out and shot, you know, the steel in front of me. And I mean, it was like that. It was just, it just, it blew my mind the first time I saw it in person. Cause you, you, on video, you cannot get an appreciation for how quick and smooth and fast yeah. well, zero is. Instructor it's, it's zero ridiculous. is built like Wolverine is supposed to be in real life. So, in, well, not real life, right? Wolverine's not real. But in the comic books, Wolverine's supposed to be a little squat dude. And uh, Instructor Zero is a little, you know, little squat dude. You can do that when you're shorter. You can do those little. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, he's really short. If you're, if you're taller <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you lanky. guys have seen the pictures of me, you know, yeah. him, you know, for example, stand next to me and Tim, and, you know, mm-hmm. I think he comes maybe mid-shoulder on me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But no, he, he he's no joke, and, and he, there's a video that he did, and I, I would love to have been able to there and see it in person, where it was him versus uh, Markaida, Doug Markaida, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and he had, you know, an air, uh, airsoft, or, I don't know, airsoft or simunition, and Markaida had, you know, a marking knife, and they did, you know, the things, and you know, it was the first time the two of them had met. So when Markita came at him with the knife, uh, you know, um, he did that role mm-hmm. and he was able to pop up on the other side without that move. I don't see how you don't get stabbed from a guy like him. Mm-hmm. So he was actually able to. Yeah, I'm not rolling anywhere in the direction of Markita. I'm just no, spraying. I, 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 first of all, I don't think <laughs> I could even with mats and God knows what. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't think it's even the realm of possibilities, but. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, for this one person, that's a viable tactical move that has a definite place that works. Yeah. And for the rest of us, no. No, no. I like, I, I also really like Instructor Zero. Just a really nice person. Yeah, I, actually, I didn't um, recognize who he was because he didn't have his sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I've seen him out when we was out at SHOT Show mm-hmm. and I was at the 511 store and that's why I ran into him. And when I heard him talking... And then I looked at the other guy that was with them. I was like, oh, that's Instructor Zero. Mm-hmm. And then he heard me talking, and he was like, hey, my friend. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then I went over to him, and when we started talking, I was like, well, I'm a fan. Can I get a picture? And he was like, yeah. And I actually mm-hmm. think I kneeled down to take the picture with him. Mm-hmm. Looks like Joe froze, by the way. So we'll yeah. see. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get him back here. Yeah, Instructor Zero is a really nice guy. A uh, couple of things in here. Jay Lofer says... Uh, uh, demo ranch curve the 45 ACP shoot through P- shot through P- PVC pipe uh, Kathleen Music Lover said notice how many movies use Beretta 92's 
Uh, Born to be a shooter, Josh says, have you guys watched the Jack Ryan series on Prime? It has some pretty badass weapons, seems uh, pretty point on. Wait, hold on. Did we lose? We also... Okay, I hope everyone's still there. It looks like we also lost... Uh... <laughs> looks like we also lost Mike, so I don't know. I'm right here. Oh, you're there? Okay. Yeah, I thought I lost okay. you for a second. Okay. All right. No, I, okay, I noticed I think... that the flicking going on yeah i think we lost here. i think we lost joe that's what happened okay yeah so um where was i uh, actually i've seen the jack ryan series have? okay um, yeah but um i don't necessarily consider like a movie with guns in it mm -hmm. I, I don't compare military movies to like john wick yeah okay. it's two different categories for me but um and that's how I kind of look at Jack Ryan series. It's more military related. Okay. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I do actually really want to uh, watch it. So yeah, it's pretty think, decent. It's pretty yeah. decent. Um, it has a great storyline behind it. Yeah, I've heard nothing about but good things about that. Uh, Brick says, have you seen those Spetsnaz videos of those dudes sliding down staircases? I've seen, some, I've seen a lot of crazy Spetsnaz. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's cool, man. That's cool stuff. Um, uh, Leo P thirty SK says best movie shooting scene is when Kate Beckinsale shot through the floor in Underworld. Yeah, okay, definitely not even close to being realistic. Um, oh, I saw Underworld, the that's the wolves, right? Yeah, the wolf but, but in Underworld, she did a move where she just spun around and shot at the floor, and then it shot like a clean concentric circle. And oh, yeah. And she, yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, Kate Beckinsale, definitely cute. So I guess we can forgive some things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, uh, Elfster's Rifles and Reloading says, I'm more like Instructor 12 Pack. Okay. <laughs> you go with that. <laughs> You go with that. Uh, yeah, did we we didn't get Joe back yet? Okay, hopefully we'll get him back. He might have to be uh, might have to restart his, his uh, computer or something like that. Um, uh, let's see. What is this? Brian Quick said, "Did you all see the memo released by the DNI that Hillary Clinton came up with the Russian collusion hoax?" Uh, nope. Uh, haven't really kept up with that. Uh, so there we go. Um, all right, while we're waiting here to, to get Joe back in, let's see what um, what different stories we have here to go through. Um, so did you all, did, do you guys remember, hold on, let me see if I could pull this up for you. Wait, why, what's going on here? So for some reason, my camera's tripping. Everything's tripping here, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so hold let's. On. So here's the story. I'm going to put this up. Uh, remember the security guard in the church in Texas that a guy came, like, just was in there with a gun and started shooting people, and the security guard came and got him in a couple of seconds? With the headshot? Yeah. You remember that story? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is about that. It says, uh, this is on NPR. It says, grand jury declines to indict church security guard who killed gunmen in Texas. Um, and it goes on to say, when a man pulled a shotgun out from under a long coat and started shooting into a church congregation, 
near Fort Worth, Texas last winter. Jack Wilson didn't hesitate. Within seconds, the volunteer security guard unholstered his weapon and returned fire. With one shot, Wilson killed a 43-year-old gunman and kicked the shotgun away. Um, and, and obviously, this guy had already uh, sh shot a couple of people. So anyway, this story goes on to talk about how they didn't indict him. Here's the, here's the weird thing. Why would they even be thinking about indicting him? Because of, of course they didn't the indict shooting. him. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, because of the shooting, the school shootings, that's what they're looking at. And a lot of people don't really understand the, um, the law process. Because as we said earlier, it goes back to um, everything is based off of feelings. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the people that are saying uh, prosecute him are the same people that are saying, well, who, oh, we don't need firearms. Yeah, but that's what I'm in. So, by the way, we have Joe back here. What's up, Joe? Hey, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. My, no, the internet okay. in the whole house crashed, so it's back up now. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was a storm that's blowing through or not, but if you that's lose cool. me again, that's probably why. But yeah. Hopefully so we're, we're... We're talking about this guy in the church in Texas that there was a gunman in there and he killed two people. And this guy mm -hmm. came in real fast and got him. And there's, and, and there's an article saying that they didn't indict him. And I'm wondering why did we even go through the indictment process with this guy who clearly saved lives? Like, why would there even be an investigation coming out of that? You know? yeah, haters haters going to hate, but like yeah. I said, that's what it comes down to. The, there's nothing more than the people that are always saying, we don't need firearms. But those would be the first ones that always call the um, police officers mm -hmm. for some form of security or I need help or I feel my life is in danger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't get indicted. I just, I don't understand why we even, why it even got that far. Yeah, technically he was a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You know yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my best, you know, my hope there is that it's just an automatic thing that the law requires it. Well, yeah, not that it should, but that's the reason why. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's it's just everything's so different in different jurisdictions mm -hmm. that it's. Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's mind-boggling. It, Something like that shouldn't... He even shouldn't have to live all this time thinking, are these guys going to indict me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, they're actually, like, thinking, you're going through this whole process. It, like, so I'm not saying that the cops shouldn't do... Of course, they should go in there, have an investigation, and come up with stuff. But once they realize this guy clearly saved people, should be the yeah, end of the story. It was, it was on yeah, video. I mean, the video would have canceled all arguments anyway, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, by the way, smash the thumbs ups out there. I know everyone's getting all excited. Oh, the debate is coming up soon. You still got time. Hang out with us. You got time. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up in time for the debate. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Can we get seven more thumbs ups? Just seven. Yeah. I'm asking That's for it? seven. That's all you're asking? That's not asking. Wow. Well, I've been, I've been asking ever since it was yeah. like, what, 40? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, smash but, those thumbs ups, especially before you get out of here. You got to smash the thumbs ups. Let me see what other stories are out there. Um, there was a story. Do you guys remember the store owner? Um, what was his name? Uh, uh, I think his name was Fa Fadi Fowry. You guys remember that guy that uh, these that a, a, a Black Lives Matter group approached him and they demanded he say Black Lives Matter. And he there was video going all over social media of this. Um, what was the backstory of it? Well, basically, he was standing out in front of his store, and um, you know, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly where the store was, and I don't see it immediately here in the article. But I was looking at I think it was in okay in Louisville, right? So he was standing in front of his store, just guarding his store from being burned down or looted, 
and he had an AR, but he wasn't threatening anyone. He was just there talking. These guys try to make him say Black Lives Matter, and he was trying to say, I think all lives matter. I don't judge people by their color or anything like that. But these, but you know, there was a lot of people. They were just trying to intimidate him, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? That video was out there, and he was there protecting his store. It was, you know, this video went out. Well, guess what? They firebombed his store last night. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of insanity going on out here, and you guys are going to, people doing this are going to lose a lot of good people from their communities. Yes. You know, um, I'm just telling you, like, who would build a business in a place where they didn't do anything to you, but they get blamed for something? Yeah. It's, yeah. All it's going to take is for these pocket of people doing this craziness like that, somebody mm -hmm. actually retaliates on them, and that will be like, it'll cut down everything, but it will open the doors for a lot of the BS to be said and actions to be taken. But mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's crazy. That is crazy, though. Me? Yeah. Can you imagine what would have happened if and, and I'm still in awe that Kyle Rittenhouse was able to have that kind of discipline that he did. Um, could you imagine if, you know, if he would have, uh, you know, just opened fire indiscriminately into the crowd, you know, by the end of it, you know, after everything he had experienced, a 17 year old having that kind of discipline is, is amazing. But could you imagine what would have happened if he would have just indiscriminately opened, not necessarily indiscriminately, but just because, you know, he's been bashed over the head now with a skateboard. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a guy who just tried to, you know, pointed a gun at him, you know, feet from it, you know, feet from his head. Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of debate now we would be having about what, you know, about where we would be going. Definitely um, a totally different thing. I mean, I yeah, think and, if you look and, at and, that, and, you can see him trying to defend himself in, yeah, a, in a very yeah. uh, held together manner. Yeah, 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 extremely well uh, held together, especially, you know, for anyone, let alone somebody who's 17. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, eventually at some point there's going to be a big enough crowd that's going to attack somebody who's not going to have, you know, necessarily that kind of discipline. Or they're just going to be forced into having to shoot multiple, multiple people. And, um, yeah. you know, that that whole dynamic could shift, uh, you know, what the conversation and it could go either way. Um, yeah. Let alone, you know, the repercussions of, you know, if people, you know, if if the people who weren't doing the violence actually decide then to get violent on top of the violent ones who are out there, it's it's, it's so. Well, look at what happened like in, a in L.A. It honestly, was... it's like a powder keg, and it's 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 awful. I mean, I, I, mm -hmm. I wish, I, I wish the police departments in these cities would crack down on the violent ones, mm -hmm. get them out of there, take care of them, and then you know, not let them infiltrate the peaceful groups. Because most of what we're seeing now, like what happened last night, there's very few peaceful protesters still out there actually protesting. It's pretty much all the, I don't want to call them anarchists, but, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're definitely professional, professional, right, and professional rioters. rioters that are being yeah. brought in to discredit um, the rest, you know, the, mm. the good people who actually do want change. And it's really disturbing. I mean, what are the chances that are the you know the three people that attacked him and the three people that got shot from Rittenhouse? All three of them were violent felons. I mean, that that's not an accident. You know that that the people out there doing these are not your good, regular, decent folks. They're you know the people causing the trouble are felons or criminals. They're yeah. they're did not you, good people. Did you see there's some footage of uh, there was a protest in L.A. and uh, somehow there was a car it looked a lot like a Prius or something like that to me. That wound up in the crowd. Maybe you know this was an impromptu protest, so that could happen. They threw you. the 
uh, bicycle through the windshield and then yeah. started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, they let them out of the crowd. They somehow wound up in a crowd. They let them out. No one was hurt. Then they started chasing this car down, mm-hmm. right? And then when they caught up to this car, they were trying to. They were beating up the guy through the window. They were smashing windows, uh, trying to get into that car. Yeah. Um, in that case, if some people are coming after me, I'm moving. You're, I'm in a vehicle. Yeah. So good yeah. luck. Good luck uh, if you get in my way. You know, yeah, but, but that the, guy didn't want to hurt anyone. So it's one of he, these situations that when when someone actually realizes what you have to do to defend yourself, gets into that situation, uh, yeah, don't get in front of me. Yeah, I, is, I, is I, that the I, same guy with a dog was like in the back? Of the no, car? that's it. No, that was situation. a different one. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. that's another situation where you're getting it. If you're yeah. if you're trying to get in there after my dog, you're getting it. You're you're you know, yeah. I'm not going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, like that guy in that Prius who had the bike put through. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, they he's out, he's driving, and then a pickup truck filled with people drives and cuts in front of. So the cars coming, drives from the back around the front in front of them and cuts them off. The car stops, and as soon as it stops, I'm like, no, back up, get going. Yeah, I'm smashing my way out of there, man. Right. That's Mogadishu and, rules right there. Yeah, exactly. I'm backing up. I'm moving. I'm not getting pinned in, mm-hmm. and. You know, the guy on the motorcycle who chased him down in the back, Yeah, I would have, you know, we would have been trading paint. He, mm-hmm. I would have been pushing him out of the way mm-hmm. and going forward. And the second that guy jumped out of the car and came running at the, uh, running at the car, you know, you, you know, it's not like at that point he was in a crowd. The crowd was a couple hundred yards behind him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're you're getting cut off you're getting attacked there was there was a truck literally a literal truckload of people the inside cab was full mm-hmm. there was at least half a dozen people in the bed of that truck all with different implements yeah of, once of, they get a hold of, of you, you there's not really a lot you can yeah. do so if you're in motion you need to stay in motion they should exactly. just leave you alone if you somehow were in that crowd they let you out let you go but if they decide oh we're going to get this person then i 100% understand what that person needs to do to defend themselves even if it was someone that i cared about that was caught up in that my first question to them would be what the hell were you doing mm-hmm. you know yeah. so yeah. i mean that's the yeah i think that right now this is why i say that yes there's there's a small group of people out there who really want to do bad things um, but most of us don't. Most of us just want to live our lives, and we're we're asking. You know, it's kind of like uh, David Banner. You know, saying like, "Hey, why don't you just leave me alone? <laughs> You're not gonna like me if I get angry." Yeah. Kind of situation, you know. And there's some people who just really want to see people get angry. Well, you know, once that gets going, that that um that's not gonna be easy to stop. So, right. Um, th- th- another thing that I want to talk about before we get out of here, and maybe this is, I think this is. I would like to see if this actually comes up in the debate, even though I'm probably not going to look at the debate because I could really give two, I could give two craps. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, right. I could care. But this is something that pissed me off. Um, Project Veritas um, has a couple of videos out about what's going on in Minneapolis. Um, and this is from the New York Post. Minneapolis police probing alleged ballot harvesting plot uh, helping Rep. Omar. And what Project Veritas is talking about is um, Ilion Omar, her constituency are Somalians, right? And um, I believe it's I believe that's where the part of Africa that they're from, right? 
And uh, if I'm wrong, just uh, let me know about that. But basically, this is how she's getting elected. And they're going to all these immigrants in Minneapolis, and they're basically paying them off and getting the ballots and having these guys just sign blank ballots, okay? And they're putting that in. Or they're having people go in with them when they vote, saying that they need an interpreter and voting for them. And this is on a mass scale. There's videos of these guys bragging about having all these ballots, bragging about paying people off. Um, Project Veritas has a lot of info here. I, I would invite you guys to go look at it. It really made me mad because as an immigrant, you know, to know that there are places in the world that are horrible for the citizens there, like Somalia and, and lots of other places, and you come to America. She wasn't born here, just like me. She naturalized, and she came here, and then she's now inflicting this level of corruption on her own people. It's bad enough she's doing it to the rest of us, right, and breaking all these laws, but they're inflicting this on their own people and basically strong-arming these people into voting for them this is horrible. This is exactly why people are leaving their countries and coming to America. And then to see the people from their own countries uh, pretending to be out there representing these people and, and getting away with it. You know, uh, getting away with it here just makes me really, 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 really angry that that mm -hmm. kind of thing is happening. And it's, it's a shame that we're living in a country that that's allowed to happen. I don't care where you are on that. Someone buying the vote, controlling the vote, getting ballots, I don't care. If, if, you're, if you're okay with it if, because it's a Democrat because you, and you're a Democrat, I'm not okay with it. If, you're, if, if I'm, a, I'm registered as a Republican, um, if Republicans were doing it, I wouldn't be – no one should do that. Yeah, yeah I agree no 100%. That's... That. We, we spend so much yeah. money and we send people to other countries – to, to get the vote to not be uh, taken over like this, it's a shame to see it happening here and to see someone that's an immigrant and people who are immigrants coming to America for a better life than where they came from and seeing those very same people taking advantage of them. I know it happens. It just pisses me off. So You, you know, it's happened before, I think, on smaller scales. There's been all these different things. But it's to such a level now, and it's so widespread, the amount of things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And I think in a previous episode, I had talked a little bit about some of the shenanigans that happened and that's being really kind mm -hmm. here uh, in my County in Northern Indiana during the primary. Mm -hmm. Um, there was an entire precinct where, you know, somehow there, all the mail, all the uh, absentee ballots just got lost mm -hmm. for the entire precinct. Now in this case, uh, the, 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 the ballots that were lost were a mix of uh, a fairly even mix of Republican Democrat ballots for the primary. Mm -hmm. So it didn't change once when they were counted, it didn't change anything. It didn't have any kind of real influence on it or whatever. I think that was just, uh, that wasn't purposeful. I think that was just complete negligence. And the only reason that got caught was because a bigger issue happened where there was uh, a, a double count from another precinct. Mm -hmm. So there should have been out of this precinct, you know, there should have been, uh, uh, yeah, I forget what, whatever the registered voters were versus who voted. Basically it was basically, it was every registered voter voted mm -hmm. in that primary basically would have been a thing. And somebody looked at it and said, you know, there's never been more than 50% turnout in that precinct ever. You mm -hmm. know? Um, and so it flagged it and they realized, oh, well we double counted here and then we missed there. And, and this is just all a hundred percent negligence. And without these flags and flyers out there, 
we would have never known any of that. Mm -hmm. And still, there really isn't any safeguard that was put in place to prevent that for the next time. And this is just incompetence that's doing this, right? This isn't malfeasance, I don't I don't believe. This is just sheer incompetence at the level of, uh, you know, from the clerk's office uh, and the election board and also this company microvote. Mm-hmm. And how this allows continues to happen is just insane. How, I was at how, the public. How is pro, how is, pro, how is a, a independent group like Project Veritas figuring this stuff out? Where the hell is the FBI? <laughs> that you I mean, know, is that, the is that wrong out to there ask? Chasing like, down well, Russia links, right, or something? Where, where the, where I don't know what the guys? hell they're doing, but <laughs> you would think they would. You would think somebody down there would care and would be like, "Hey, you know." It just it boggles the mind. Do you mind. remember when we used to look up to the FBI? Yeah, we used to think, man. Yeah, that's I mean, a the cool, FBI used cool to be dudes. like the pinnacle of, of, of you know, they, they were impeccable, they yeah. were untouchable. Yeah, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And now I, it's. I remember just, taking my kids to to Quantico and all that kind of stuff. I have a, a friend that works in the FBI training academy, and going up there with Lola and the boys and all that. And uh, and I, and I'm not trying to say about that about every FBI agent out there, right? But no. man, what the hell is happening? Like, what's happening? When you look at all the it, stuff it, that's going on with these guys, it, it's it's massively wrong. People should not be allowed to do it. Like, I was just looking at that thing and getting mad. I was, you know, there there were all the there were Somalians in there that were talking about this and didn't want this, you know, and that felt like they were being forced into something that they don't want. And then obviously, you know, you have someone who's who's getting on the media, getting on TV and saying that they're representing you and they're doing all this for you and they're doing nothing for you. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of it's fear, right? They came from a country of, you know, where they, where they lived in fear and they were oppressed. They come over here and now all of a sudden, you know, whether they're being told that there's going to be retribution or something from the people who are making them do it mm-hmm. or, you know, they get tricked into thinking that somehow they're going to lose their citizenship or they're going to get deported because Trump hates them. So you've got to go and do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just it's evil. Yeah, I say oh, we people. get out of the way. We get out of the way. People should not be doing this. I don't care how things go. The whole idea of people voting and what America is is not this. I'm sorry, Mike. Look like you want to say something here. Go ahead. I was trying to think of that movie where they talked about the FBI. And it was like how they did the changing of the guard after um, Hoover passed away. Um, um, this was a recent movie? Yeah, it was like last year, recent. Who was in it? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. But it, it was it was a really good movie, and it was like based on true events. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to look at it. I, I remember, I don't think that was like a movie that hit the theaters. I think it was like a Netflix movie or Amazon Prime, maybe. Oh, wait, wait a documentary? It wasn't a documentary. It was some kind of I, – I, I remember what he's talking about. Yeah, it ba- basically they went through – it was it was, it was was fiction, but they went through um, like history of like real-life people. And I've seen this mm-hmm. documented elsewhere where they, the people who were instated in the head and all the political appointee positions were right, – They was running biased. for their fear because um, Hoover kept the record of everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, – it turned out after he passed away, the guy that was under Hoover, he was more like um, these secrets never be let out. And then they was trying to use the FBI to circumvent the White House and everything like that. It was, yeah. was kind of crazy. I mean, I know the FBI, the FBI was investigating Martin Luther King, for example, and 
you know, I mean, they've, it's, it's a shame that that's what we're okay with, you know, mm-hmm. in, in these days. I don't care who it benefits. Like, it doesn't really matter to me. The fact that once you let that happen, then we might as well be a third world country. Yeah. You know, we might as well be that. We have to somehow be better than that. You know, we have to, like, get out of the way of the system um, or, or get out of the way that everything was set up and supposed to work. Now, obviously, I know I'm not so naive that I think that things haven't been <laughs> manipulated from time immemorial, right? But things are mm-hmm. getting worse, and there's people just living off of, of what's going on here and not actually solving anything. And I think to make it better, we got to stop that. Mm-hmm. So Mark, so Mark felt that was the name of it. Mark. Oh, felt. Mark, the Mark felt situation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so people about. just r- really briefly, people just don't want to take ownership. They don't really, no matter how much they, we get on the internet and we talk about it, right. Mm-hmm. We don't want to take ownership of it. And I've been mm-hmm. guilty of that for 42 of the last 43 years this year for the first time I went to a public vote test. Mm-hmm. So the, the election board has, uh, they brought in, I think it was six or eight different micro vote machines that two randomly picked from random different precincts and you could go and you could vote the machine, mm-hmm. get a printout and make sure it recorded your vote for how you voted. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which, which on one hand was pretty cool to look at. On the other hand, it was really cool and really quick to see just how quickly they could change one core card, uh, and one plug and clear out the votes on that machine and, refresh it for the next one. Right. Mm-hmm. And swap cards and stuff like that. So I look at that and I think to myself, all right, yeah, it's a streamlined process, but I mean, in a blink of an eye, you could, you know, halfway through the day at a precinct that, you know, is highly either conservative or liberal get in there and within literally 15 seconds, clear the votes out on that machine and reset it. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, boom. And you know, who's looking at these tallies at the end of the day, and actually totaling them up, if it wasn't for, in the case of the instance that I was talking about for in the primary, it was uh, the uh, the uh, the actual voter registration and the uh, the media, um, one of the one of the few local papers that's still left around, uh, that turned up these inconsistencies and called them out on it. Mm-hmm. And if they had the election board, the clerk, they never caught it. Microvote didn't caught, catch it on their own either. Mm-hmm. And it was one that exposed the other. Then oh wow, mm-hmm. and it's just. It's insane. I, I have, I have very little. Um, l- let's just say what I thought was what little faith I had, or what what moderate faith I faith I had in our election system after seeing these things is minimal. I mm-hmm. really, it, it's just too easy, not just for someone with ill intent to get in there and screw something up, but it's too easy for just just general incompetence to to screw things over. Mm-hmm. That's that's what really troubles me. It's not just even somebody having malicious intent. It's just incompetence that could so easily. Well, and the thing, you know, the other thing on top things. of that is people are supposed to be watching it. I was looking at a video um, on YouTube about um, there's there was this like Nigerian guy that was bragging on social media about being a, a billionaire, right? And I can't remember his name right now, but I'm sure you guys have probably heard of this story. And the FBI saw him bragging and, and started looking into the whole situation. And eventually, got he, he was overseas. He was in Saudi Arabia. And he was stealing money from people in Saudi Arabia. But they, you know, they got this guy for the Saudi Arabians. Okay, congratulations to you. There's dudes here bragging online 
about ballots, what are you what are you looking at? You're tracking all of us and looking at everything. That is the kind of thing that should catch your attention and you should go right. in there. Not to say I don't care at all about the Saudi Arabia money, but I don't. You know, this particular thing, you should be in there all over that, seeing what the hell is going on if anyone, if anyone is doing that, right? From any direction, but, right. you know. Well, one more thing I wanted to comment on this whole okay. thing is, man, people, you have to, and I've been going down to uh, meetings, all di various different meetings at the local government, mm -hmm. um, you know, including the election board meetings, like this public vote test thing. Get down there to these things, man. Show your face. Let them know you're watching. And if nothing else, you're going to at least get a little bit better of an education understanding on what's going on and being able to look at what's going on and, and hopefully get a better understanding and really get yourself engaged mm -hmm. in the process to maybe hold their feet to the fire. Absolutely. Somebody said the debate is on. Yeah, the debate so. is on. I know we still have some people in here. Smash the thumbs ups before you guys get out of here. We're going to wrap it up right now. Right now, the, the uh, I'm not even looking at it. I'm sure the reporters are talking about how awesome they are, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so um, let's do this. Let's go. I'm going to go to Mike from M-W Tactical. Mike, how can the people uh, catch up to you, uh, keep in touch with all your comings and goings? Yes, please head on over to Facebook, look up M-W Tactical. Go to Instagram, look up at Munitions Weapons Tactical. Go to YouTube and look up M-W Tactical. Like, subscribe, and follow me on all those platforms. And follow me on my journey as I continue to push through USPSA doing competition shooting. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks very much. Uh, Joe, 13C Gun Reviews. How can the folks keep up with you, sir? Sure. Uh, 13CGunReviews.com is a great place to go to. Uh, we're on Facebook, 13C Gun Reviews. Uh, Instagram, uh, MeWe, Parlor, uh, trying to grab everything up uh, as best we can uh, there. Uh, if you'd like to support us, we've also got a Patreon. Um, we've got uh, various swag. Uh, that you can find too. If you find those links, you can go to uh, 30ccgunreviews.com and find all those links. Sign up for our, new our newsletter as well, right after you sign up for Hank's newsletter. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. We appreciate it. Absolutely, yes. And I'm going to encourage you guys to make sure that you're subscribed to 13C Gun Reviews. Uh, make sure you're keeping up with Joe. I know that YouTube's come down really hard on him, and therefore that is making it very hard for you guys to just stumble across his video. So you're going to have to make like a deliberate... Uh, attempt to get that done and of course go go follow uh, our friend MW Tactical here on his journey to dominate the shooting sports world. Um, I, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Like I said don't forget to smash your thumbs ups. Big thanks to Walter Arms for supporting us. Stay right there. I'm going to run in the end. There we go. Make sure you guys subscribe here to the channel. Smash the thumbs ups. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Are going to rip out the audio from this and throw it up on iTunes and all those other places where you uh, get your audio podcasts from. Make sure you go to hankstrange.com. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy, enjoy the uh, debates, and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. I don't even know who's coming on tomorrow, but we'll, we'll figure that out later. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, who wants Thanks, the last? You're, you're welcome. Who wants the last word? What's the last word? Drink water. Okay. Hydrate go. or die. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See. We're out of here. Peace. We'll see you guys. <laughs>